Hello, welcome to the Opinionistics Podcast. I'm your host, John Malone. Now, I don't know where the other hosts are, uh, probably sleeping, apparently. But anyway, in this episode, today's guest is from the UK, but he's currently living in China. I give you Chris Wood. Hello, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too. So, uh, how's life down there? <laughs> yeah, well, um, luckily I'm not living actually in Shanghai, so I'm a little bit freer than my uh, Shanghainese friends. But uh, I'm living in a little town just outside of a place called Suzhou, and it's it's okay. It's not too bad, but we've had a few COVID cases, so I think it's coming. So I'm stocked up. I've got a whole bunch of frozen food and uh, <laughs> and a massive bag of rice just to ride this thing out if it gets a bit hairy. Okay. Okay. So, uh, tell me, tell the audience about what you do. Sure. Uh, so, I'm the chief operating officer of Pixelmatic. Uh, we are a video game studio that's been around since about 2011, um, and we're currently working on a massively multiplayer online game called Infinite Fleet. It's a bit like uh, games like Eve Online that you might have heard of, or World of Warcraft, or something like that. But of course, it takes place in space. It's a sci-fi game. It's got kick-ass robots and mecha and all that kind of thing. Um, and yeah, it's, it's a pretty awesome project that uh, is going to be going beta in July, uh, in uh, very soon. So yeah, it's exciting times. Hmm. Okay, nice. And uh, what other developments has the company that you're working for have worked on? Well, we've been working mostly as an outsourcing studio since 2011. So we worked on a game called Vainglory, which is where well, it was one of the biggest uh, MOBA games uh, on mobile in the world. It was absolutely huge. We worked mostly with them and we were, we were kind of concepting Infinite Fleet when I first came. Um, and then since that, since uh, after, after a few years, we basically raised a whole bunch of money. Uh, to build Infinite Fleet. We're still raising some more, actually. And we're going full throttle on that. So we did actually release a mobile game called Gem Wizard uh, a little while ago. Uh, that was kind of like our first project. Um, but as I say, we've mostly been working with outsourced studios. Our uh, team comes from loads of like AAA studios, right? So like we're talking Relic, EA, um, Ubisoft, and Samson Mo, the CEO, he was previously an exec at Ubisoft. He started his own thing in China, uh, Pixelmatic, of course, and now here we are. Wow. Well, that is quite the journey. <laughs> it's, been, it's been a ride, man, I've got to say. I mean, we had basically when we were working in, uh, with, with Vainglory, um, things, basically, the, the game just kind of um, lost steam after a while, you know, for, for whatever reason. We were doing their technical operations across East Asia. And they kind of, you know, they had to kind of pull the plug with us. And we were like, oh, my God, what are we going to do? <laughs> it was really, a, really kind of a scary time. And so we went out and we, we got another contract to keep us going. And then we just thought, right, now is the time to go full throttle on Infinite Fleet and, and, and smash this thing. And we had a pretty cool concept at the time. We had a pretty cool prototype. And, uh, yeah, we, we, we raised, uh, well, to date, we've raised $7.8 million dollars on our security token offering and we're, we're still raising quite a bit more okay great now what are you doing in china right now uh, well we're working really um so my family's here um i'm married to a chinese woman and i have uh, a couple of children and yeah so i've been here for the past 
decade actually uh in in, wow. in china yeah <laughs> it's, I, I like china very i like china very much but um you know recently things have been a little bit harder uh but you know it's still it's still a great i really love china it's a great place to live it's a great place to raise a family for sure um but it's it's starting to, it's starting to get a bit tougher now so I, I am considering a relocation, actually. I think I'm going to head back to the UK. I'm a Blackpool lad myself, you see, and uh, it'd be nice to get back to the roots. <laughs> cool, cool. Now, now, what, what is your position and your responsibility in Pixelmatic? Uh, so I'm the chief operating officer, which basically means I'm kind of like the second in command or something like that to, to the big boss, you know, <laughs> to put it in that way. Um, so basically... As I mentioned, Samson, the CEO, he, he's, you know, he's, he's come from these big studios and he's also like a massive influencer in the Bitcoin space, like a huge, huge influencer. It's like 220,000 followers on, on Twitter, that kind of thing. And he his whole mission is about Bitcoin adoption for nation states and things. So he's been going around South America uh working with you know senators governors uh and the president of el salvador to roll out bitcoin in, into these nation states essentially and so infinite fleet is samson's baby something that he's been wanting to do since he was a, a young you know kid and he lays down the vision for this game and it's kind of my job to make sure that it happens uh you know in the operations of the company so he says okay we want the game to be like this uh, you know, these are the themes, these are the core, you know, the core elements of the game and how we want it to be. And it's my job to ensure that that is getting delivered, basically. Okay, excellent. Now, what do you like about what you're doing right now? <laughs> well, no, no two days are the same, man. You know, it's like... <laughs> I've always been a, a passionate gamer. I, I, I've loved games since I was like four years old. And to, to get to work in the games industry has always been a massive, uh, you know, dream of mine. And so <laughs> to, to be working here in this position where it's like, like I say, it's always uh, every day is a challenge. Every day is exciting working with different people all the time. You know, sometimes I'm working investors. Sometimes I'm working with our, our, our players, our gamers, and then people in, in our team, you know, to, to make sure that this game is essentially successful. Um, and it's, it's the passion for the game. I just love it so much. Um, that really just makes every day very, very exciting. And obviously, you know, busy, uh, difficult, challenging, but, I, you know, it's it's not work really when it's something that's a passion, you know? Yeah, I, I can see that actually. So what, what have been the pros and the cons about what would you have done so far? Pros and the cons. Well, so as I kind of touched on in the beginning, we're doing this thing called a security token offering, which is a very new thing. A security token. I don't, are you familiar with cryptocurrency at all? Are, are you? Uh, oh, yeah. Are, are I've, you, I've, certainly, I've certainly heard of cryptocurrencies before. Wonderful, wonderful. So essentially what a security token is, if, is if you take shares on a company or something like that and put it onto the blockchain, that's really what a security token is. So why would you do that, right? Well, the blockchain, uh, what we use, a Bitcoin sidechain called Liquid, what it allows is that the various restrictions that might be in some various securities or shares, such as uh, in some cases in the US, you might need to be an accredited investor before you can invest or something like this. Uh, you, it might be that you can't trade it for the first year or whatever. 
when you put that kind of information on a blockchain, it can it can be very, very easily uh, coded in. And so you wouldn't typically need this massive value chain of financial services, which typically take place. You know, you've got all these compliance, um, you've got various intermediaries. You kind of just take that all out of the equation. You know, settling uh, shares is a very, very difficult thing. And when you put it onto the blockchain, you know, all the compliance and things like that are completely built in. So you have 24-7 trading. You could trade P2P. So for if, if you were whitelisted, for example, on some platform, me and you could trade shares just over a Telegram group or something like that. We wouldn't need to go through, you know, Robinhood or whatever, uh, you know, exchange or something like that. We could just do it over our phones. Um, which is really, really exciting, but it's also really new and fresh and regulated, which means that when we, you know, the way we raised our money, of course, we go through regulators. We did ones in the EU, uh, Germany, um, Luxembourg, and also we're going through the US as well. This takes obviously time, effort, and quite a bit of investment too. As, but we did that as opposed to what you, as you know, you, you're aware of cryptocurrencies. I'm sure you're aware of things like ICOs, which are totally unregulated. You know, people just mint a bunch of tokens, get some celebrities to say, hey, buy this. <laughs> and then a whole bunch of people <laughs> buy them and you get a pump and dump scheme where a whole lot of people are holding bags and they've just, yeah, they're just being rug pulled. You know, this is like a, a regulated way that what we feel is the proper way to, to raise money in this crypto space. Um, so. You, you know, you ask the pros and cons. The, the pro is we think this is the ethical way. We think this is the, the open way to our investors. And we've got a lot of support that way. But the con, of course, is it's totally new. It's totally fresh. Um, and when, you, when you're laying down a new road, there's a lot of challenges that come in place. So there's been slowdowns. You know, regulators are quite slow. Uh, we've, we've been waiting on our current raise for, for a little while now. It, it was supposed to start in January, and it's, it's still dragging along. Um, but... It's the right thing to do, we feel. So so we're very excited about that. And like I say, we've been able to raise, you know, 7.8 million from investors with that, which we, we you know, is, is really astonishing. It's really fantastic. Oh, yes. It's a, that's a very interesting concept, to be honest. Yeah, well, you know, of course, doing an ICO or something is very attractive because you don't really, you know, like I say, you can just mint a billion tokens and say, hey, buy this, you know, and there's there's no... Uh, recompense for that right um and a lot of people just exit scam you know that they they get a whole bunch of money start working on a project that the the price of the token crashes and they just take what they made out of it and bugger off essentially and say hey sorry the project didn't work out you know, you know? <laughs> that's the way it is and a whole oh, lot yeah. of people lose a lot of money you know uh, but for us, we have to, you know, we have to give audited financials. We have to be open-hearted with our investors. We have to show them what it is that we're building. And we think that's the right way to do it. Okay, great. So have you ever thought about starting a business of your own at some point in the future? Myself? Yeah, well, sure. I mean, right now, I'm obviously very, very focused on Pixelmatic. It's, it's not something that I really want to spread my uh, <laughs> wings too much on currently. But I'm actually, my background has, has also been in education. So this is something that me and Samson spoke about a, a long time ago. But I would love to um, actually build uh, educational games because I'm an ex-teacher. Um, I, I used to be a teacher in China. And I ran a whole bunch of uh, education centers throughout, throughout mainland China. Um, and it is still very much a passion of mine, which I would at some point love to revisit. Um, I, I mean, to be honest, ideally under the Pixelmatic umbrella, I think that would be a wonderful thing. But that's uh, <laughs> there's nothing confirmed there. That's just something that I would love to do in future. Yeah. Okay. Good. Well, great. 
Now, I've heard you, so you've lived in China for like over a decade now. Yeah, yeah, indeed. Do, do you know any Chinese or at least speak it fluently? Of course. <laughs> so my okay. wife is, uh, yeah, my, my wife's Chinese. Uh, she's currently learning English, but she doesn't speak a whole lot of English. Uh, so our, our oh, okay. relationship is to totally in Mandarin. Yeah. Um, wow. Except for the basics. So, yeah, it's it's. It's uh, a long journey that and I've, I'm still, you know, I'm still taking Chinese classes every week. Um, I, I do an hour every week still um, and, and, you know, some homework in between that, which I've been doing. You know, I, I've kept tried to keep on top of my Chinese the entire time I've been here, but it's still a long road. Uh, it's like I can't like read a newspaper or something like that. Right. It's, it's still very challenging, but I can read like children's books and things like this, you know um or or watch some basic tv shows like i could watch friends or something in chinese you know something like that but i couldn't watch some epic uh <laughs> like historical drama or something like those those are very challenging okay okay do you think you could speak a bit of chinese right now <laughs> what, what do you want me to say uh say anything actually <laughs> <笑>那我接下来一下自己吧我叫Chris我是一个运营中介中部我可能不知道他是谁我叫Chris我是一个运营中介中部我可能不知道他是谁我叫Chris我是一个运营中介中部我可能不知道他是谁我叫Chris我
uh, when players play our game, they will receive the INF token directly into their into their game wallet, which they'll open when they sign up. Um, it's all kind of under the hood. They don't need to know anything about blockchain to be able to use it. Uh, they can use it totally centralized in our game, or they can take it out if they are crypto experts. You know, if, if they do know about it, they can take it onto other platforms and things like that. Anyway, what I'm trying to get at here is that when we, we have this token and there's a lot that we can do with it to enable trade and to enable digital assets going across different uh, projects because we're building a not just infinite fleet but long term we're building a platform which other games and other projects could be on which could utilize the inf token and yeah i am thinking about where you know if if i were to build an educational game in future how that could possibly interact with the inf token because i quite like the idea of someone you know customizing building this 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 armada of kickass ships um you know over maybe like a decade because people do play these games for a very long time and then that person eventually has kids and <laughs> whatever because life happens and they can sell those digitalized assets for for inf and then they can take it on to some, something else maybe this educational game which would allow for uh various um you know uh, like I say, I've not completely fleshed it out, but just just various services and things like you know learning English, for example, for for Chinese kids or Italian kids or whatever it might be, um, and and that could also all be in one big ecosystem, which I think would be very cool. So in terms of what I'd like to pitch, I would love to make an MMO language learning game one day. That's something I would love to do, um, and uh, you know. Maybe maybe that's going to be a long time from now. I'm totally focused on Infinite Fleet at this moment, but one day I would love to approach that. Yeah, I, honestly, that's a great idea. I, I, don't see, I don't see many games like that these days, so that's, yeah, there's going to be certainly a standout from all the other games. <laughs> well, I, I think that, you know, people talk about metaverses a lot, right? I'm sure you've come across this in the cryptocurrency space. It's not a term I actually particularly like that much. I think it's kind of like a marketing buzzword because people can't really define it. Um, but what I, how I interpret this is that people want some, a word that's more than game, right? And MMOs, I do think are more than games. They are a social experience. They are an, almost an alternate life. People have these avatars on Final Fantasy, on, uh, you know, 14 or World of Warcraft that mean so much to them. And if you can, you know, if you can go into a world where, if you imagine your entire environment is in a different in, in a language that you don't know, but if you are, you know, with step by step learning from the basics through to advanced, and by doing that, you're unlocking social experiences, you're unlocking games, you're unlocking things, you know, that that that, that you're excited about, then you're going to be rewarded, um, you know, <laughs> just not not only by uh, whatever in-game rewards you'd have, but just 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 the motivation of learning itself will just be so enjoyable in in that alternate universe, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So what, what other opinions do you have about cryptocurrencies and um, oh, what was that other thing you said? Uh, metaverse, that kind of thing? Yeah, that too. Yeah. Um, so I hesitate to call myself a Bitcoin maximalist, but I think that's kind of what I am. Um, but that, you know, in some ways that might simply be just my ignorance. Uh, I'm kind of open to that idea. I'm still 
a little bit young in my journey. I started learning about Bitcoin in about 2016 uh, when I was, you know, started working at Pixelmatic with Samson Mo, who kind of introduced me to it. And ever since then, I've been very, very excited about Bitcoin. I think uh, with current events, you know, we had, you know, COVID, the, the sanctions on Russia, uh, the Canadian truckers, all this kind, all these kind of things just show to me a world that really needs Bitcoin, really needs it. A decentralized currency that does not have manip uh, manipulation from governments, large in institutions or whatever it might be. I think that's so important for the world. And when I look at other crypto projects, not every other crypto projects, but when I look at others, I don't think they can claim the same thing. I think most of them are essentially companies you know they're centralized they have a, a head you know they have a figurehead they have um people that can change the code and and whatever whatever else i just don't see the same decentralization i could be wrong maybe there's other cryptocurrencies out there that i haven't seen that i don't understand because it's impossible to understand the thousands and thousands that are out there and i'm open to learning on that but i do think that most cryptocurrencies exist to line the pockets of the people who created them um, that's why I believe they exist. Uh, some may have some real utility, like there are, you know, I think like Monero is quite interesting because it's the, it's the privacy coin that that can be quite handy for some things. USDT, for example, also very useful to bank the unbanked people in like Africa or people or, or, or places where they have a mobile phone, but they don't have a bank account. These kind of cryptocurrencies are extremely useful, but you know, um, the reason for USDT to exist is in a, a fiat world, essentially. So when one day, I, and I do hope that Bitcoin becomes more prevalent across the world, uh, you know, using lightning or whatever to allow for just average, you know, being able to buy a coffee in Starbucks or whatever, which is currently happening in El Salvador, the more that happens, then, you know, even those stable currencies might not need to exist. Um, so, yeah, my, I guess I'm a Bitcoin maximalist, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't call myself a toxic maximalist. I don't, you know, I don't like to just, uh, you know, give shit to others and stuff like that necessarily. But uh, currently, I haven't seen another project that I could say has the same property or the same importance as Bitcoin. I think the others are just companies. You know, you can invest them in if you want, if you believe in them. Why not? Yeah, yeah. Why not? Why not? If you think it's a great project, then cool, go for it. But you just need to be aware that you might be gambling. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, which absolutely. is fine. I mean, everyone, in, hey, it's enjoyable to go to the casino, isn't it, mate? You know, I mean, there's, oh, yeah. there's nothing wrong. You know, it's all good fun, isn't it? And at the end of the day, I don't blame at all a lot of a lot of young folks who go there on on to various exchanges and go, ah, you know what? I'm going to drop a hundred quid on on Shib for a laugh. Is that well, mate? Go for it. As long as you're, it's money you're willing to lose, and you understand that's possible. You do you, man. But um, you know, it, it it can be fun to have a bit of a gamble on these things. Yeah. Indeed. So, in terms of the games Pixelmatic has produced, uh, what, what, which countries in specific are you wanting to promote Pixelmatic's games towards? Sure. Um, well, at the moment, we're mostly North America, UK, and France, and, and, and Spain as well, like a few sort of uh, Western European countries, um, but, but mostly France, actually. Now, we are hoping to expand that much more. I'm, you know, I'm actually currently looking for some localization managers and things like that to look for markets in in Japan, Korea, Taiwan, Hong Kong. You know, uh, we, I mean, we want to be global, of course, but the the games industry, I mean, it's 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 global, right? I mean, anyone who wants to play can play. Um, it's just where most most gamers typically hang out. You know, Brazil's a, a bigger and bigger market these days. That's quite exciting. 
but yeah, I think for now, mostly Western Europe, North America, and I want to very soon expand to Japan, Korea, and Taiwan. Okay, nice. And uh, I've heard that you're from Blackpool. Yes, yes, indeed. And you, and you certainly want to like move back there at some point. Yeah, I do. I do. It sounds, are you are you from near there as well? I think your accent sounds quite quite similar. <laughs> <laughs> Where um, are you from? I'm, I'm, I'm from Manchester. You're from Manchester? Okay, yeah, not, not too far away. I went to Manchester for university. <laughs> oh, cool, cool. Which one? Uh, Met. Went to Met, yeah. Oh, cool. Nice. Yeah, I, I, I love Manchester, you know. I've spent most of my time there. I lived there for, for a good four or five years in uh, Fallowfield, Withington area. Oh, nice. Okay. Um, I'm planning on going to Met this this year. So, yeah. Good for you. Good for you. What are you going to study there? Uh, I'm going to be studying drama and contemporary performance. Oh, so you're going to you want to be an actor? Oh yes, absolutely. Fantastic. Well, I mean, a podcast is a good way to start it. Obviously, get, the, the, get your and everything. I can see why you're starting it. Good stuff. Well, good luck to you. That's fantastic. That's great. That's uh, you know, acting would be a, would be an amazing career. Oh yes, indeed. <laughs> so, so do you ever travel often? Travel? Um, recently, no. I've been very bloody locked down, to be honest, mate. Um, but uh, before that, yeah, I like I like to get to 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 get about where I can. I mean, um, previously in my job, I was uh, doing a lot of travel around China. That was more, you know, just for work rather than uh, rather than personal. I guess you mentioned that. I now that I think about it, I, I travel a lot less than I would like to for for pleasure. You know, a lot of it was for work. Um, but there are some lovely places in, in China that you can have a good laugh at. Uh, there's a place called Hainan Island, which is just beautiful, really. I mean, it's just, you know, it's a tropical island kind of kind of thing. Uh, really, really a stunning place. Um, and there's uh, an amazing place in China called um, Guilin. And I don't know if you play... Did you ever play... I don't know if you're a gamer at all, but did you ever play the orig original Doom game? Oh, yeah, I did. Fantastic. So in the very original Doom game, the, there's a backdrop. If you look outside when you can, there's like this big red uh, thing with like these mountains. Those mountains are actually the mountains of Guilin because they, they, they're formed from glaciers, I believe, that have got this, this really weird pinnacles. They're kind of narrow and they go really, really, really tall. They're gorgeous. And um, that area is just amazing for like hiking, biking and, and all that kind of jazz, you know. Uh, mm -hmm. So it's definitely a place I would recommend for anyone who's thinking, let's go to China. Uh, I wouldn't recommend going to China now. It's a, it's a terrible idea. Um, but when, <laughs> when, when COVID slows down a little bit, hopefully one day when things open up a bit, I would definitely recommend Guilin. Because most people say, ah, you know, you got to go to the Great Wall. Great Wall is fantastic, depending a little bit on where you go. There's very touristy areas that are quite built up, but there's some really cool places uh, either side. Um but Guilin is definitely a place to go, which would be G-U-I-L-I-N for anyone who doesn't know how that might be spelled. Hmm. Okay, nice. <laughs> now, what's the best way to start the morning? Oh, what a good question. Um, well, <laughs> I'm trying to separate what I actually do from what I should do. <laughs> Coffee, definitely. Um, I do, you know, this sounds so typical silicon valley bullcrap but i i really do believe in it you know a stretch and a 15 minute meditation i know it sounds really 
<laughs> really silly. But honestly, that's that it really does sort your head out, you know, because um, you need to get your blood flowing and then you just take, you know, you don't need to do any of that weird Kundalini yoga, weird stuff, but you can just sit there at the edge of your bed with your eyes closed and just think, all right, what's uh, just, just chill, just chill for 15 minutes, you know, before you get started. Uh, and that's really helpful. Uh, in terms of the, the, on the professional side of things, I've been using a fantastic app recently called Notion. Uh, which is a note-taking app, and it's really, really good. I, I, I highly recommend it. Um, and on Notion, I typically have like a sort of an agenda thing that I do for the for the day. So I'll have my sort of overall backlog of tasks that I want to get done for the week. I'll drop three or four of those in for today, and it's and it's like you know I can say okay, right? If I've done these three or four things and I've checked those off, then I've had a pretty good day, you know. And that that just helps to sort your head out because. As long as you've, you know, checked all those things off and anything you do over that is superfluous, of course, then, you know, you can sleep easier at night. I mean, you're, you're going to university soon, so you don't need to worry about this too much. But <laughs> when you start your professional life, you know, you, 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 there's, there's a lot of uh, little tasks and things that kind of buzz around your head and it can really affect your sleep, which is not a good thing. You need to have a good night's sleep. And I think that being able to just kind of tick, tick these things off really helps. Yeah, Absolutely. And yeah, that's that's where we conclude this episode. Thank you all for listening to this third episode of the Opinionistic Podcast. And thank you, Chris, for talking about your life at Pixelmatic, the games you've been working on, and uh, everything else. It's been amazing. Thank you. Well, thanks a lot for having me. It's been a real pleasure to talk to you. Yeah, anytime. Right. And, and until next time, stay opinionated. <laughs>